Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Customizing Culture, the Heat Press Nation podcast. I'm your host, Jared, and I am joined by some very, very special guests. I'm super excited to have them. And it's funny because I feel like I already know them. Uh, if you follow their podcast, which is called The Podcast, the Print On Demand cast, then you probably know them already as well. Today, I'm very happy to have our special guests, Travis and Josiah from the Print On Demand cast. How are you guys doing today? Doing awesome, man. Thanks so much for having us on your show. Um, uh, long time listener, first time caller. Um, <laughs> <laughs> same, same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're excited to, to kind of talk about print on demand and um, yeah, with, with you and, and, and share it with your audience. It's pretty cool. That's so cool. Thank you. And then, so that's for everybody watching. This is Travis and then Josiah say what's up to everybody. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. I just echo Travis's sentiments here. It's really cool to be on the show. Uh, really great to meet you again. Uh, to your point, Same. we've we've been talking for I don't know maybe fifteen thirty minutes, but I already feel like we've known we've all <laughs> known each other for a long time. Right. Uh, and so I'm really looking forward to to uh, getting into the show and just being here. So yeah, thanks for the invitation. It's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Now, for those of our listeners who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about Print On Demand Cast and what you guys talk about there? If the name didn't give it away, sure, right? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I I have a, a production a production fulfillment um, company called Maker Mark Design, and so we uh, fulfill print on demand products for lots of people and um, lots of clients, and then obviously our stuff as well. Uh, Josiah. You know, um, I don't want to steal his thunder, but he also <laughs> was working at a, a place that did very similar stuff. And so we've been talking about, you know, starting a podcast for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, we just felt like there was kind of a, a hole in the market. There's a lot of like, um, material out there and content out there about, um, you know, screen printing or, or even like merch by Amazon, or they would be very, very niche, niche down. Um, we didn't think like, we basically started the show, um, because we wanted that show when we started print on demand and it wasn't yeah. there. And so we just started talking about doing this. And then one day, <laughs> um, I guess, you know, we just, we just met together and we said, okay, let's do it. We got a couple episodes in the can. We launched the show and you know, hundred, 140 episodes later, here we are. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. Have, yeah. To me, having a hundred of anything is exciting. So here at Heat Press Nation, we've been doing a weekly live stream for almost six years now. Wow. And then I remember after the second one, I was like, oh man, I don't know how much longer I could do this. Like, like I'm going <laughs> to run out of stuff to say. And then, and then you kind of find your rhythm. And then I don't, I haven't counted lately, but I remember we hit our hundredth episode like a year and a half later or something like that, or almost yeah, two years wow. later. And so to me, having a hundred of anything consistent, like that's solid because it, it takes dedication. Uh, even for people out there, like your hundred sale, like that's cool. Yep. Your sure. hundred, I think a hundred of anything is really cool. And mm -hmm. uh, 138, right? Is just, just aired. 138 just aired. 140, 140 just aired yesterday. 140 just aired. Okay. Yep. Oh, I'm see, yeah, I'm yeah. too behind. I got to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's super cool. Now for, for people who don't know what, what do you define print on demand as like, what, like, what is that people here at print on demand? Uh, I'm demanding a print right now. Like, like what is, <laughs> <laughs> what is print on demand? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's, it's a, it's a, a business model where through digital printing, 
Um, typically, if you're talking T-shirts, different printing methods, but you're basically fulfilling orders as they come in. So it's the product itself doesn't exist until mm-hmm. your customer buys it and you produce it or your fulfillment partner produces it. So, you know, to your point, uh, demanding an order, kind of accurate. The customer is like, I <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> want that. And it doesn't exist until the customer buys it. So, yeah. and we'll get into this later, but that's why uh, it's it's a really interesting business model because the invest upfront investment, depending on which way you want to go, can be pretty minimal because you're not actually holding inventory um, if you're doing a dropship model. So, um, Travis, anything anything to add to that? I mean, we could pull up a dictionary definition. I am <laughs> Google if you want me to do that. <laughs> no, I think you I think you nailed it. I think it's you know um, the 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 main distinction I think is the the digital part. You know, so yeah. we're not mm-hmm. burning screens for these things. We're not you know it's all it's all digital. It. Um, so yeah. it allows you to to do a one off, um, and then if you have enough volume, you know, you can, um, you know, you can scale that to where, and it's all one-offs. It doesn't have to be, you know, 50 of the same unit or, you know, you don't have to order a hundred t-shirts and all these different sizes. And then you're, you're stuck with all these smalls, you know, at the end uh, that didn't sell. Um, you're literally living that right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're literally printing on demand basically. (laughs) <laughs> I have a tub of t-shirts from my line that has all of my unsold and I just kind of not gave up on it. Like they're online. People could buy them, but they're the sizes that don't sound the styles that we're yep. selling. So, yep. 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 Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I think, I'm living the nightmare guys. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, I think, you know, most people kind of are aware of this um, model. And I think really the, the question is, you know, it, if that's something they want to do, I think, and what we try yeah. to talk about on the podcast is like, well, then what, you know, what do I do? How do I start? What do I, you know, what's the next step? And, and then when they're in it, you know, there's, um, there's kind of tips and tricks, if you will. And, and there's yeah. different tools and we try to, you know, shit say, Hey, this tool will do this. If you're looking, you know, for something like this. And, um, so it's, it, it really is, uh, the rabbit hole goes really, really deep you know what yes. I mean? Yes, it does. Yeah. At least 140 episodes deep. That's true. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> we totally. dig that rabbit hole further each and every week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Now, now, on the podcast, you guys talk about running print on demand, like using print on demand for your business. But also, do you guys, you, you do, right, cover being a print on demand business, right? Yeah. Like offering mm-hmm. those services. Yeah. So there's, like, there's kind of like two sides to that coin. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Which is, which is continually... Um, I mean, Travis can speak to this too. I think it's continually attention because our day to day for so long and for Travis even still is that's his, that's life. It's being a print on demand fulfillment provider. And so mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that we talk about, especially in the beginning was kind of geared towards what that rhythm of life is like. And then mm-hmm. realized that the majority of our listenership were in the drop shit drop ship stage don't bleep that out it wasn't a car. drop ship <laughs> we'll bleep it for drop. fun okay cool. they be like what? Spice. a drop what why did he drop um so drop ship uh uh mode of business to where a lot of the day-to-day you know uh, how to operate machines how to make a mug mm. isn't necessarily applicable it might be interesting but it mm. might not be super applicable to their day-to-day so trying to balance the 
the the content to where it provides good information for both and isn't extremely niche to one way uh, or mm. the other can be challenging and it, and yeah. it's something that I don't think we are always successful at but it's something that we have yeah. in our in mind as we're kind of planning these things so yeah nice. I, I feel now, like the podcast start oh sorry sorry no I was just gonna say I feel like uh, <laughs> when we talk about like when people start talk talk about starting, you know, or producing content or marketing something, they always talk about using, you know, having an avatar or having like your perfect customer. And I still, after 140 episodes, we still haven't figured that out because (laughs) really, Oh, that's interesting. We, we we probably kind of have. And I I think honestly, if, if I'm 100% honest, it's, it's probably the reason, you know, it, uh, it's, it hasn't just completely blown up, you know, it's because mm-hmm. we kind of vacillate between like what Josiah was saying. Sometimes we'll talk about how to sublimate a coffee mug. And sometimes we'll talk about the best strategies for starting on Etsy or, you know, and, um, or Amazon FBA, you know, are you using it? You know, all of these different topics that may or may not be applicable to the listener. Um, you know, some of them will be, some of them won't be. And it's really hard to, to Josiah's point, to separate out kind of what I do every day and like not talk yeah. about that because we're just going to talk about drop shipping print on demand, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see what happens in the future. Well, I think that's actually very valuable because, and I, I know I don't represent everybody, right? There's, mm-hmm. But for me, so, and I've already talked about it too much. So I'm not going to go too deep. Basically, <laughs> my brand sucks. My t-shirt line sucks, and I and I need, and I'm rebooting it this summer, right? And what's interesting is I'm I'm doing a split model. I am mm. using print-on-demand for some items, which mm-hmm. even though I could make them, I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to be doing fulfillment of others. So I'm I'm actually going to be ordering uh, a batch that I know is going to sell because that model's already sold before. I'm ordering that from a screen print friend. Yep, and I'll just be fulfilling those, and then there's a handful that I will be producing and fulfilling myself. So I'm, mm-hmm. I feel like, and thanks to your podcast, by the way, because that really opened my eyes to having uh, hard items like uh, like coffee mugs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Sure, I realized that as easy and as fun as they are to make, and I would for sure make more money doing it myself. I had yeah. to kind of just figure out the balance of like, okay, what's well, going to be the most efficient use of my time selling all these things? And I was like, you know what? Mugs are going out. Yeah, mugs, mm-hmm. mugs are going out the door for, yeah. for me mm-hmm. for in-house production. Uh, sure. So there's there's definitely and and you, you know if you need a volunteer for your avatar, <laughs> I'll be you know nice. yeah. I'm down because yeah. there there is that space of people who are in between and they're like man, mm-hmm. you know and I think it's really cool because you know you don't you don't preach one or the other like oh you have to do this or do this or you're dumb like no yeah. it's just offering sure. people options and like hey you could mix and match kind of. Whatever yeah. works best for your business. And yeah. I think a lot of people do, to your point. I think a lot of people yeah. have brought part of their print-on-demand in-house. Um, I know a lot of people that are, you know, using Heat Press Nation uh, coffee yep. or uh, 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 heat presses. Yeah, the mug presses. Yeah, the mug presses. They're great. We have – I have a whole line of them. I think you've you, you've seen it on our Instagram. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, we have a ton of them. And some people will just have one and they'll – do that, but then all of the rest of their stuff, you know, is coming to a, a print on demand fulfillment provider. And yeah, I think that's totally, um, that's a, a legit model for some people. 
Yeah, yep. that's super cool. So now kind of bring it, bringing it back to the podcast, mm-hmm. you guys started in 2020. Yep. Now, was this before or after lockdowns? It was on the tail end of it, I think. It was like August yeah. 2020. So like oh, okay. the intensity of it, is, at least where we are, we were in Colorado, our county that we, that we were at, um, was a, was kind of starting to alleviate some of that. So the first episode yeah. we actually recorded in person. Um, oh, okay, uh, cool. Yeah, so... So you've already done fist fighting for toilet paper by this point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. We, I already, yeah. I, I have, I have teardrop tattoos other places for the number of. It's little roll of toilet papers just down my down my rib cage for the number of people I I took out for my my sanitary needs. Oh man, that's so funny. It, you know what? It's crazy. Like I feel like that was already a different lifetime ago, but it, right? it was real. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. How, it's anyways, yeah. So, <laughs> so we're so we're done fighting for toilet paper. That's right. What would you say? Did it have like an influence? You like because you know. Well, actually, no, I don't know because me, I got sent home. Mm. So okay. So that Friday for us it was like Friday the March nineteenth or whatever fourteenth, whatever the heck Friday it was. We all got sent home with laptops, and then that, and then then that was it. Bam. Um, I came. I came back yeah. to the office once a week to shoot content. All masked up. It was me and one <laughs> other person. We yeah. were on opposite ends of the room. Right. Like, uh, so I came in to shoot content. So my world was was changing a pretty big way mm. for that. Mm-hmm. But you guys running your own businesses, maybe mm. you didn't have as much time at home. I don't know. How, how did that affect you guys? It's it's really interesting because when we started this podcast, I was actually drop shipping um, mm-hmm. all of mm-hmm. my print on demand products. I didn't have a facility. I had a facility. It's I'm, oh, I'm, I'm wishy washy. Okay. So I had a facility in Longmont. <laughs> uh, and then we literally moved out right before February. I think we moved out January 31st. So it was before COVID wow. same year, 2020, uh, went home, outsourced all of my printing, uh, for all of my platforms, different places. And, um, my overhead was just too big in Longmont. And so when we started the podcast, my reality was working from home. I was mm-hmm. incredibly mm-hmm. bored. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's kind of what led me to, uh, to, to pivot back into it. I had an opportunity to purchase a bunch of equipment and a large book of business. Um, and so I believe it or not, this is the, I do not recommend this. Do not try this at home. <laughs> November 2nd of 2020, I moved into this facility right before Christmas. I didn't know how to run some of the machines. I didn't know how to do embroidery. I didn't know how to do oh, laser wow. engraving or UV printing. I knew how to do DTG and I knew how to sublimate. Um, but mm-hmm. we had all of these. And, and the, luckily the, the company who sold came out and like um, the company who sold came out and stayed with us during that first Christmas rush, taught all of oh, my staff good. how to use all of the machines. But it was madness. We hired extra temps, you know, at learning all of that stuff. It was literally drinking from a fire hose. But yeah. the point is, is like, yeah, 2020, the COVID thing, uh, we cruised into this podcast and I wasn't, I was working at home. Josiah, mm-hmm. on the other hand, you were yeah. still producing. Yeah. So my father-in-law and I ran a production facility, a company um, called What For Apparel. And at that time in 2020, I was doing that. And we worked uh, on his property that he had. He and my, my uh, mother-in-law um, had uh, a good bit of property and had like a two-car garage that we kind of just retrofitted and, and redid into our print facility. So we had our printers there. We had 
our inventory, our offices were all there. And so we were working from home. My wife and I lived above that space in an apartment there on the property at that time. So it was it was interesting while everyone's rhythm of life uh, as far as work goes was disrupted. I, I mean, my commute was still those 12 steps you know, downstairs <laughs> and nothing changed. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So the podcast, when, when it came, when, when Travis and I finally decided like, okay, we're going to do this now. Um, it did come at a time we were both working from home. There wasn't a whole lot of um, disruption in our, in our daily work lives uh, at least. And then of course yeah. the, the, the flip side of that coin is all of the shortage nightmares because of COVID, but that's a different topic for a different yeah, time with the product yeah, yeah, issues. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Now before this, you guys were already friends, I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah before we, the podcast, sure. I should say. Yeah. Yeah. No, before this recording, we were friends. Yes. <laughs> just, we just <laughs> met. Just it's all a ruse. Yeah. I've never met. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So now you guys, did, did you connect over print on demand? You connected over printing in general or childhood friends? Started a band in high school. What, what's your What's your story? What's your couple story? How did you two How did you two kids meet? So I love the uh, way Josiah tells it. Go ahead, man. <laughs> okay, so uh, Travis and I met um, because we ended up going to the the same church. Um, I moved here in 2015, and so um, months after I moved in April of 2015. We were both we're both worship leaders, uh, both you know grew up in the church. Well, I'm a pastor's kid, and so um, Same. nice. We have to <laughs> stick together, PKs for life. Um, so uh, we we met and we were going to this thing that was once called um, it, was, it was called First Thursdays. And the part what the point of it was anyone that was interested in serving in the worship ministry at this church would come, and there'd be a teaching about worship, and then someone would lead worship, and it was you know mm-hmm. just a time to kind of be together. So I didn't know this, but I sat right next to Travis because obviously we had never met. And for some, the person teaching the class, who is also a mutual friend of both of ours, was talking about vulnerability. And that was the point of the the teaching. And she's like, so what I'm going to have you do is I'm going to have you stand up and turn to the person next to you. And you're going to stare into their eyes for three minutes. And that's going to be really vulnerable or whatever. So I stood up. I, tur- I couldn't do that. Just I couldn't. Even, even in a very serious church setting, because I'm also, I'm also a PK. I'm involved in worship ministry at my church. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I can't think of a single person in my congregation that you would just besides my at. wife yeah, that, you just yeah, that stare I could at. just stare for three minutes. So yeah, props totally. to you guys. Yeah, so, so we literally stood up, turned around, said, hey, I'm Josiah. Hi, I'm Travis. And we just stared at each other. <laughs> so that's that's how Travis and I met uh, for, said, for the first time. <laughs> and then, I mean, we, we both kind of congruently took different paths uh, or congruently took the same paths in separate businesses. So right. he trained my father-in-law on how to do Amazon FBA. My father-in-law started that business. I worked for my father-in-law. We both did FBA for a long time. Then we got into mug sublimation. And then he and I went together to what was then an MBM show in Portland. It was called MBM at the time um, in Portland and learned about the print industry as a whole and drank from a fire hose for three days, yeah. came back. <laughs> and then we started, we decided to do more actual print-on-demand printing, and then he also started print-on-demand printing. So it had been this constant, like, we're just in the same, on the same road, just two lanes, you know, next, away Mm -hmm. from each other, just kind of waving as we all, you know, hey, Travis took that exit. Should we take that exit? Oh, he came back on. Okay, let's take it. You know, it's a whole, (laughs) we're very much in the same direction for the entire time. 
That's cool. So did did being on parallel paths help with like the learning curve? Because like you said, oh, he took that. Mm -hmm. Oh, it didn't work. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Do you guys kind of save each other a little bit of stress and strain? We did. Yes. Trying different (laughs) things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it was nice to have contingencies too. So if if something went Mm -hmm. or like, hey, I'm out of white ink. Do you got white ink? He has white ink. I'm going to go pick up white ink. Hey, he's out of Mm -hmm. mugs. We got mugs. Let's take him mugs. So it was a nice contingency to know like, hey, if, if everything is, if all else fails, we at least know someone, you know, 15 minutes away yeah. that we can drop stuff off to. So that was right. a really nice, you know, uh, aspect of it as well. And then it was just That's fun to cool. have and, oh. other people that like um, would were lear- on that same learning curve with you, you know, to go yeah. to Portland NBM. It's Graphics Pro Expo now. But I mean, to go to that show and have somebody that, you know, has the same interests in you is learning at the same rate. And uh, yeah, we were... Um, I think we talked about the podcast when we went to that show, even mm-hmm. we didn't start it, um, quite yet, but that was one of the first times because as we were at that show, we, we kept asking people, Hey, what are you doing in the e-commerce space? Um, and everyone was like, why would I do e-commerce? I'm, you know, they were all regular kind of just local printers oh, that's, and, really? and it, it was early enough that print on demand really wasn't, uh, I mean, it was out there, but it wasn't super, um, it wasn't as popular as it is now. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking, man, we came from this Amazon world where we know how to, you know, manipulate these different channels to sell product. And, uh, I think there's a hole in the market here. We could fit it. And that's kind of why I think at least for Josiah, that was why they, they went down that road. And, and in that vein, kind of why we decided to start the podcast, yeah. Yep. Dude, I I love that, and I'm guessing that was there at some points like some Denny's late night Denny's or Waffle House where you're like, hey, we should start a podcast. This is really good. I was. It was less Grand Slam breakfast and more uh, cigars <laughs> and whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a local brewery. Some, oh yeah, or, like or, yeah, like a local brewery. Oh, we just kind of. <laughs> I think my first idea for a podcast that I pitched Travis was. Great ideas while drinking beer, or we just go to a to a local brewery, have some beer, and then start talking about these ridiculous ideas that we think would be amazing, and then and then you could write off all your beers. That's right. Come tax season. That's right. I've been wanting to start a food blog just so I could get paid to eat, (laughs) or at least write it off. Well, I'll tell you what; those that whole sub niche is very popular on TikTok. Like, I follow a dude who does that in Denver in the surrounding area. And he'll just say, Hey Denver, I went to this place and he's got, you know, millions of followers. And so it's a thing. It's a thing. Excuse Jared. me guys. I'm going to go start my blog. Sorry. All right. Cool. All right see you later. <laughs> I'm gonna go film Sorry. He press nation. He quit. It's my fault. <laughs> blame, blame him. Actually, you could just come work here as long as, as long as somebody's here to fill the seat. I think. I hey, if we do it remotely, I, we'd be, we'd be. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll let you. I'll take that so you can achieve your dream. Oh, thank you guys. <laughs> okay, so really quick, I I have to I have to pause and say what's up with the dad jokes. <laughs> I I'm a dad now, so I love them. Well, you do like, know you do know when a joke becomes a dad joke, right? When when it becomes a parent. <laughs> oh we got him for days okay. baby <laughs> dude okay i got i have i don't know if this qualifies as a dad joke but this is probably my favorite joke of all time and i don't want to say it's naughty but like i wouldn't tell it to like a, a little kid sure but i'll tell it to you guys okay you, you tell me if yeah. this is a dad joke okay. right so a pirate walks into a bar mm. and he has a helm sticking out of his zipper 
And the bartender says, dude, what the heck's up with that? And the pirate says, Arg, I don't know, but it's driving me nuts. <laughs> Love it. Nice. Love nice. it. Is that a, is that a yeah. dad joke? Oh, that, oh that's a dad joke. joke. I would okay, say okay, so. Cool. Yeah, it's go. more, you know, adult children dad joke, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Aren't all dads really just adult children, though? Mm, yeah. True. I mean, that's, that's true. I think, though, for, for us, um, Travis and I have always had a very, uh, in our just conversation and banter, off podcasts, like just as friends, we are, we've always had a very quick and witty exchange, just repartee. dialogue, repartee. Yes. <laughs> so, so we'd be talking Ooh, and we cover, friends. cover the, you know, real life stuff. How you doing? Cool. Let's catch up. And then in, in at any given moment, just trade a barb or a, or a joke or a quip mm-hmm. or a comment that would make each other laugh. And so that, that's always been kind of a very prevalent dynamic in Travis and I's relationship or in our friendship. Yeah. And so dad jokes became a part of that naturally. It was something that we would just in, in conversation throw out there. And then we just thought, well, we should, we should put this as a segment in the show. And now it's Mm. gotten to a point, Jared, a very, it's borderline toxic. And I'll tell you why, because (laughs) when either of us start a conversation with one another, both of us have a trust issue that we don't know if it's leading to a dad joke. Because after you know yep. I, two years of doing this on a weekly basis, our text threads are all dad jokes, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also like, hey, you want to come play poker or something? Like, and then some like, more. Is dad it a real jokes. issue, or is it? Or am I in a setup for a? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, totally. and because yeah. we've done this for so long, we've decorated the joke with all this ancillary, unnecessary buildup. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that we can kind of coerce one another into a false sense of security that we're actually <laughs> saying a real thing. And that's mm-hmm. what it's become. So it's it, it's like an outlet now for us just to yeah. have a reason to continue to come up and find these new dad jokes. Dude, yeah. I love it. All right. So Josiah gave us one, Travis, for, for the people. Uh, I, I don't really have too much, but I, I was um, I was telling some friends recently that I've been trying some stand-up comedy and it's, you know, it's going okay. It's kind of, you know, hit or miss. I mean, sometimes it's a lot of fun, but the other night, um, I got booed off the stage for, uh, for, for doing some Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions, but it's okay. It's okay. I'll return. <laughs> it's n- I'll be back. <laughs> That's why he got booed though. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's oh, great. that's great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's great. I don't. I don't have. I don't have one really either. But so, so I, I just came back from Brazil uh, in real life. That's a true statement. That's not a setup. No. Yeah. yeah I did. I spent 18 days in Brazil with my wife. It might still um, be a setup, but it's actually true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That part of it. It, For now, now you true. know the trust issue, Jared. Welcome to our dynamic. So mm-hmm. I meant I'm going to be anticipating a punchline for the rest of this podcast. Yeah, you, you should. Know what? It's probably good. So, uh, of course, we went to an aquarium uh, there, and you know, uh, Sugarloaf, which is the mountain and statue, the Christ the Redeemer statue is beautiful. And we were going to go to the zoo, but we couldn't go because it had been closed because one of the monkeys was actually lighting its feces on fire and throwing it at the workers. Right. Wait, where did he get? So, where did he get the uh, incendiary device? Your guess is as good as mine. I they didn't oh say that gosh. in the like the newspaper article, but what they did say is that some of the employees had to go to the hospital because they suffered turd debris burns. 
There you go. Fantastic. That's awesome. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be so hard to, to navigate back to a serious question. So yeah. we're just going to say, if you're still listening, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're just going to tell jokes for the rest of this uh, podcast. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So yeah. before we move on to, to the business side, I just I just I gotta get to know a little bit more about you guys because I think one of the one of the things about your podcast that makes it so uh, attractive is first of all the friend dynamic, but you guys just you're good. I don't know if you've seen uh, analyze this. He goes, you, you're, Robert De Niro, you're good, you're good, you're good. <laughs> I don't do a good De Niro, but uh, no, but you, but you guys are great. Now I have this theory. So you both, uh, you both have backgrounds in a worship ministry, mm-hmm. and so for those of our, uh, our well, what, what we would say is for those of our seekers, our non-churched friends. <laughs> no, but honestly, like he, he, this is the Heat Press Nation podcast. We, I really hope nobody feels excluded. Um, I love this podcast because we get to talk about talk to people from all sorts of different backgrounds. Right. Yep. Um, and it just so happens that today. Uh, that our our backgrounds really do align, which I think is sure. really interesting. So I have this theory, mm-hmm. and um, one of my theories on why you guys do so good is because worship ministry will beat the heck out of any stage fright you might have. Sure, like like <laughs> if you're if you're whether you're leading, like you're singing, whether you're playing an instrument. Uh, you mentioned you both play guitar. Um, teaching Sunday school to kids. Will will deep fry any insecurities <laughs> and serve them back to you. Yeah, um, you know. So I so I got my start from a very young age. Uh, my dad's a pastor of a very small church, not very small, smallish. Uh, and so like I was teaching Sunday school. Like I had graduated out of Sunday school, and then they're like, "Okay, good night. Now we're going to call you back to cheat, back to teach." <laughs> like when an inmate gets out of jail, you're like, "Okay, now you're going to scare yeah. these kids straight." Yeah. Like, so, uh, okay, cool. now you're a security guard. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like. So like I'm like doing Sunday school, learning really quick. Like, oh, here's how to keep kids' attention for more mm. than five minutes straight. Mm. And then you know, worship ministry, being on stage. Like, oh man, if I had any ounce of stage fright, like it really got rid of it. So all that to say, my theory is, you guys do so good at what you do because you have that worship background and you kind of already mm. had a chance to get over your stage fright and get used to talking to people and and stuff like that. What do you think? Is that a good theory? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think <clears throat> we Travis, always talk I'll follow over each other. Yeah, we, we talk Go over ahead. each other all the time. <laughs> all the time. No, I, I, I agree. I also think that, um, you know, there's definitely a personality issue. J- Josiah and I are both, um, you know, very outgoing people. We're, you know, we enjoy, we get energy from crowds. We're extroverts. Um, but yes, to your point, um, I mean, how many times have, I, I don't know about you, but how many times have you started a, worship song with the capo on the wrong fret and you know are completely oh. like <gasps> and you got to start the song over and there's a whole thing and you know okay, I have you a do that enough that for later yeah well i was just saying you do that enough and yeah like you said the the stage fright gets beat out of you mm-hmm. <laughs> dude yeah. one time we we my band opened a show for uh leland and phil wickham oh wow leland, cool leland yeah leland Leland's actually awesome. sat through yeah. our set and I started a song in drop D tuning when I should not have been. And I oh, didn't no. realize till we were already past the first verse. <laughs> and you can imagine what kind of a train wreck that freaking was. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and yeah, and I almost jumped off a cliff that day. Yeah, and then the Lord, Lord called me back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure Leland. Yeah, yeah. my hero just yeah. saw me just. Leland, yeah, I love anyway. I love Leland. He's he's such a good dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I think. 
to your point too, I think ministry in general, I think if you can s- survive might not be the the best word, but if you can if you can build a team in ministry, ministry can really equip you for what comes after that, right? I think that ministry building worship teams, building churches is not too dissimilar from building a startup business. Um, It's not. At all. It's very very similar. There's lots of similar dynamics. And what ministry also does, my dad was a pastor as well for his entire life. And I think what ministry does in growing up in that as well as helps you if you are if you're being led correctly, if you're if you're developing and being discipled and all that kind of stuff, mm. it helps you manage people better and gives you a, a better insight in how to kind of raise people mm. up and show them how to mm-hmm. do their job and champion them and all that kind of stuff. So I think ministry as a background in general is incredibly uh, beneficial for for the the business sector because they're not all that yeah. dissimilar in how you build and how you grow. Yeah. Okay, so after this, we're starting a new podcast called From the Pulpit to Print on Demand. Okay. I like it. I already got the naming rights. All right, you guys are in. We're we're doing this. I don't know. Is there (laughs) someone that can get that trademarked right now while we're doing this? (laughs) I have my AI bots on it. They're going to. Sweet. They're going to run that. Chat GPT has already got it locked down. (laughs) Nice. So, so kind of moving. Well, this great segue, uh, moving on to like the actual business part of it, because the, the biggest. Well, I don't know. Two huge values of your guys' podcast is you guys have the dynamic. You're very entertaining, great dudes, but you guys drop the knowledge. Like I <laughs> like like I watch and I'm educated every episode. There's something new, and even if I'm not going to incorporate it into my business, I, it's good to have it. Mm-hmm. I don't screen print, but I know a butt ton about <laughs> screen printing yeah. because I th- I think it's very important to understand that. Um, especially if a customer is coming to me and they're like, Hey, well, you know, you're going to do this. Cause I, I started doing vinyl and I still not so much anymore, but I, I maintained vinyl for a long time. Yeah. It's quick and cheap. Right. And knowing about screen printing helped me communicate to my customers. I'm like, Hey, look, if you, you only want three of these, if you can get that number up to two, three dozen, I could send you to my buddy. who will screen print it much lower cost per shirt mm-hmm. until you're there. You and me, baby. Yeah, yeah. And so I, th- I, I love your podcast because there's, there's so much just knowledge to be had. Um, so if, if you could, can you talk about like how people can incorporate print on demand into their existing businesses right now? So when you say existing businesses, are you saying like what like are some first steps? A screen printer existing oh, business, or like what kind of business you know, are we incorporating? So we're it heat. To? Pr- Such a good question. So we're heat press nation. I feel like a big majority as the name implies, of our customers are going to be heat press based. A lot of them, and I don't know the exact numbers. Um, I'm sure everybody in the comments will tell me, as they seem to always like to do. But, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, heat transfer vinyl, sublimation, I would say are huge, mm-hmm. you know, for us because sure. they're, so, they're so easy to get started with. So, yeah. actually, let's just start there. If somebody's already doing heat transfer vinyl, they already have, mm-hmm. they're already doing sublimation, like, like, how could they add? How can print on demand like kind of give them a little boosts? Well, the thing I always say is um, utilize your assets in as many places as possible. And so, what I mean by that, and I'm calling your assets. I'm actually saying your your designs. So, for instance, I started mm. by sublimating coffee mugs in my basement and selling them on Amazon, and 
now I sell them on Walmart and I sell them on Etsy and I sell them on all of these other different channels as well as taking those same designs and putting them on T-shirts and tea towels and uh, pillows. We just, you know, we'll, we'll talk about um, maybe some automation later, but yesterday we just uploaded uh, to Amazon 6,000 new listings. All, they were all totes. And it was all what? through automation. We can we can get into that. Uh, it was it was a combination of AI and automation, um, which is, uh, you know, shameless plug. Episode one forty <laughs> is the one we just did uh, or just released yesterday as we're recording this, and it's all about AI and automation and kind of what talks a little bit about that. But anyway, um, point being, taking those existing assets. Not only just putting them on different channels, but also putting those same assets on different products on different channels. And you can see how that just uh, – there's a uh, – you know, the, the economies of scale really work because you, you, know, you have this one design and now it's you know, in, in five to ten different places on five to ten different products. Uh, you're getting the most out of that. And so that's my – that's what – I kind of lean into and in, on the podcast, the scaling part and like those yeah. business ideas, but yeah, go ahead. That's, that's interesting because you're saying that the, when you first said asset, I'm thinking, oh good, my heat press is an asset. Mm. My submission machine printer, my sawgrass is an asset, but no, you're saying the designs are the asset. Right. Yeah. I think that's the crazy. Yeah, yeah. The designs, um, and using those designs at all for, that for me and for somebody. <laughs> yeah. Too. Sorry. Oh, good. Mm, good. I talk over you guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, I have a little Forgive delay. Me. So, you know, this whole like being me. Okay. Me too. Sorry. Okay. Me too. Thank you. <laughs> Cats out of the bag. We pulled back the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what I was going to interject and say was that uh, that's such a paradigm shift for mm. me to to realize that. Um, and it's kind of funny you said because the other day my our sales manager here he told me he goes. Because uh, we we just did a video where we did we made an Etsy a mug Etsy just to show how, what the Etsy fees were. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if that's out yet. It'll mm -hmm. it'll probably be out by the time this video is out. Okay. Um, but anyways, our sales manager goes, dude, you're not selling the mug, you're selling the design. Right. The mug is just your medium, and I was like, what what that means? <laughs> what that means, <laughs> sir? And and you're and you're reinforcing that here, and I'm like, and it's starting to click here. I'm starting to get it because mm -hmm. to me. Again, you said asset, I, I said heat press. Right. Yeah. Now I'm just going to start thinking like, oh, wait, I do have designs that I have. Because me, my shirt shop, I only have like this. This is a prototype. I don't like the front on the back. I have a design that, that, that I like. I don't, uh, I don't feel like getting up. All right. <laughs> Trust that it. it's cool back there. All right, guys. Um, you know, so I'll put one design on one shirt and that's it. Hmm. And then I'll put another design on a hat. And that's it. Yeah. And I've never really thought about how each design, no, you just put it on everything. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. You're, you're, you're blowing my mind right now. Okay, sorry. Continue. This is this is Jared's mind-blowing moment. Thank you guys for joining me. <laughs> but um, bum Okay. Nice. I totally derailed your train of thought. Oh, no. I I mean, <laughs> to, to be you know completely honest, sometimes that's not the best strategy for a brand. You know, it may not make sense for a, mm -hmm. for a brand that has... Um, you know, a limited number of designs because obviously you don't want to 
you don't want to give uh, your customer too many options because they can, there's an anal uh, analysis paralysis that happens, you know, because they're like, well, should I get the hat or the shirt or the, oh man, the coffee, oh man, I love it all, but I can't afford it all. Buy so, it all, please. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm out of here, you know, and they don't buy anything. So there is a, a downside to that. But when you're talking about like channels, like Amazon, no one's ever coming to your pay or to your store. I mean, it's rare. They come to your actual store and go, let me look at all of the different things I can get this design on. They're, they're finding listing pages based on their searches. Mm -hmm. And so, so if you have that on multiple things, maybe in that list, they'll see it a couple of times on different products because maybe the keywords matched the fonts or, or the, uh, the text or, or, or the design or something like that. But they're finding that, um, and then it's not necessarily – they're just going to click on it, and they're going to look at one product probably. You know, It might have some variations like sizes or colors or something like that, but it's one product that they're actually you know, being encouraged to buy it now. And so it can go either way really. If you're going to sell on channels, Walmart, you know, same type of thing. Etsy, same type of thing. People are searching for something. Versus a brand, you're trying to drive traffic to your, your Shopify store or whatever, and maybe it doesn't make sense to have everything on everything. So it really is kind of business-specific, I think. Mm -hmm. I'm in class right now, baby. Keep, keep it coming. <laughs> I'm in class right now. <laughs> okay, so then for, okay, so then maybe I'm a bad example. For somebody who is not a brand. But they mm -hmm. have lots of designs. Maybe mm -hmm. so. So, would you say print, using print on demand is great for like graphic designers who have stuff just like sitting in their hard drive doing nothing? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I, I like. I, I did a a talk at a um, well at the Long Beach ISS show, and it was talking about uh, it was talking to current shop owners, so people who like our screen printers and our you know traditional print shops, and what they can do to kind of tap into this print on demand thing. And the idea, one of the ideas was, it's like how many designs are on the cutting room floor in your business? And you've they've never seen the light of day because your client didn't like it or you didn't like it or whatever. Take those and start, you know, throwing those on different products. And mm -hmm. again, all over the internet, because again, it's, it's your asset and you might as well get paid for it or at least have an opportunity to get paid for it because the beautiful thing about print on demand is these products don't exist until you actually sell them. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no right. risk so or limited risk. It's just time. Right. You don't have a closet full of unsold t-shirts and CDs like me. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. Now I have to refer to my notes for this question because I have to make sure I'm saying it right. Okay. Okay. Yes. Do you talk so on the podcast you talk about different uh, print on demand opportunities and you have royalty based and I'll just say POD not mm -hmm. the band although they're great too <laughs> royalty based POD and seller of record POD I know about royalties um, what in the world is seller of seller uh, on record seller of record seller did record, I say yeah. that right <laughs> yeah seller of record yeah. POD can you kind of explain like the difference between those two or for me I'm learning all brand new I'm, I'm here guys. <laughs> I'll, go ahead josiah you know this one yeah so seller record is where like you know you are you are, like if you're you're selling on you have an amazon um like fba account you have an etsy account you're the one producing the designs you're the one that is that is actually doing the work where royalty based design a lot of the time is like you're getting paid 
for the design, you're you're getting paid for the use of the design, but the drop shipper is actually producing the product for you. So like a a merch by Amazon, or I guess they're called um, Mm -hmm. Amazon Merch on Demand now, AMOD. Amazon Merch, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so that's Mm -hmm. that's a royalty-based product platform. So is like a Redbubble, mm-hmm. um, those types of yep. things where you just upload your design, you're, you're licensing your design to the platform mm-hmm. and you're getting a royalty based on that. A lot of people start that way. Um, and then they slowly move into seller of record where like, like an Etsy, that's a pretty low barrier to entry for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. it's pretty inexpensive, but you are actually the seller of record. So, um, you're selling on their platform, but you are the seller of record on that sale. And so, uh, at the end of the year, you're going to get taxed on, on all of that stuff. And so I ah, got it. Got it. So w- per, per sale, I'm imagining you're going to make more seller of record versus royalty, right? Cause you're doing more work. Yeah, I, I, yeah. definitely. And the other thing is, well, I mean, again, this totally, um, like on merch by Amazon, for example, or I'm sorry, I, I Keep going back to that. It's actually Amazon Merch on Demand. You can set your own prices. So you could make a ton of money um, because you're going to pay them or they're going to basically take their cut and then anything above that, you're getting all of it. So Mm -hmm. you could, but it's the same way in seller of record. Um, I think think it's just how different platforms operate. And so it doesn't necessarily... Mm -hmm you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to make more money with one or the other. Um, I mean, what you're looking for in print on demand when you're selling on these different channels is eyeballs. Where are the eyeballs? Where are you going to get clicks? Where is the traffic happening? And, yeah. and so maybe it's merch on merch on demand. Uh, maybe it's Redbubble. Um, maybe it's Etsy, maybe it's Walmart and they all have different kind of ways that you can, um, use a print on demand model, but their business model is is just a little different. Um, yeah. So, and you don't have to, I mean, the, the royalty thing is kind of cool because you don't have to do any customer service. You don't have to deal with returns. You know, you don't talk to anybody. Yeah. You know, you just get a check in the mail, you know. So that is very, very attractive. Yeah. Would you say that's a, that would be a good place to start for somebody, again, graphic designer, thousand items yeah. on, the, on the digital cutting room floor, just like, hey, let me see if I could just get some some money. Yeah, I mean, the, to Travis's point earlier, that is where a lot of people start. I mean, heck, that's where you know, we I started with that was yeah. Amazon Merch On Demand, was having those accounts um, mm-hmm. and starting that, selling those, uploading those designs. So it is <laughs> a pretty uh, low barrier of entry for, some, for most of those kind of programs to where um, you can start selling a design. And then a lot of people will grow from that to becoming a seller record or moving some production in-house because the Mm -hmm. cool thing about print-on-demand is you can use those royalty-based pod models to kind of use as a proof of concept. So if you have a design that just starts Mm. flying off the shelf and you're selling thousands of them and you're like, you know what, I think I'm actually going to bring that in-house now. I'm going to start because I already know it moves. So I can start building that out. So it's a good way to kind of prove what is and is not working design wise as well. Yeah. Cause there's not as much work involved in that. It's similar to like, I started sublimating coffee mugs in my basement, um, using my merch by Amazon designs. Cause I knew they weren't doing coffee mugs on merch by Amazon. And I had a seller, I had a, a, a seller central account, which is Amazon's, back in basically because I was already selling other things. And so I just started creating listings with these 
these designs, creating mock-ups, um, and then keywording them and, and they were selling. And so we were, you know, that's really what got me into it. So, so to Josiah's point, yeah, I started with the, the merch by Amazon or the royalty based, uh, which moved me into the seller of record, uh, part of it. And, and I think, I think a lot of people do that. Um, but I don't think you don't have to, I mean, there's no rule. And the, the, the challenge with some of those royalty based, uh, because, uh, platforms is because it's such a low barrier to entry. There's a heck of a lot of competition now. It's, it's a lot more. And, yes. and for instance, like with Amazon, you, when you start, you only get 10 slots. You can only list 10 products until you've sold a certain number. Then they'll give you 25 slots. Then they'll oh, give you yeah. 50 slots, then a hundred. And it moves up from there. And so if you're not getting sales, you know, you only have 10 products out there for a long, long time. It doesn't yeah. make sense to just wait, <laughs> you know, start right. putting, you know, use Etsy, use these other platforms, um, where maybe there's a little bit more work, but, um, you can do it now and you don't have those limits. Uh, so, so there's, there's pros and cons to both sides. Yeah. Would you say as far as someone's talking ease of use, cause I get this question a lot here. Like what's the easiest way to get started? What's the easiest, this easiest that, right? Mm -hmm. So for the lazy people out there, <laughs> we're just looking for the easiest way to get started. Maybe they don't have a lot of extra free time. Maybe it's their side hustle. Mm -hmm. So if you're saying from a, from a time investment, maybe even a capital investment perspective, what's the easiest way to get started with print on demand? The royalty based, the red bubbles, mm -hmm. the merch by Amazon, yep. the T launch, the, you know, all of those, yep. um, where you just upload a design, make it look good on their little, you know, screen thing. Uh, and then push, yeah, I want this on 150 <laughs> products go yeah. and you don't do anything. Got yeah. it. Yeah. That's the easiest, but it's also, um, going to be the most competitive and the most riddled yeah. with people who will steal your popular designs and copycat yeah. them and upload them as their own, Ooh. or they'll come at you with some, uh, trademark bullying, you know, Hey, this, you know, mm -hmm. I, I have a trademark for this guy with two thumbs. It's like, what? Who has that? Yeah. That is not a thing. Okay, shut up. I trademarked <laughs> uh, the know. word mama. Yeah, I, I trademarked the word mama, and you can't you use didn't. it on your t-shirt now. Whatever, and, man. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And, and the but process, that's a thing. Yeah, it is. And the process of trying to prove that they don't own it, it's kind of like Amazon will typically, mm -hmm. that's speaking specifically about, you know, merch, Amazon merch on demand now, um, they will believe the person who yeah. speaks first. And then if you want to try and refute that or even have them provide proof, it's not an issue. You're, you're guilty. So you yeah. have to it's fix it. It's guilty until proven yeah. innocent. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a really wild. So, and because it is the lowest barrier of entry, because it is easy to Travis's point, that also means that a lot of people go there first, which yeah. can increase the frequency of these issues. I had a Amazon merch on demand account and we, I was on staff for an event called a worship on the rocks here at in the red rocks, at the amphitheater, um, a one night worship event, bunch of bands. I was on staff. I knew the guy who owned the trademark. I worked for him directly, know him personally, listed that shirt on Amazon merch on demand to sell. And they, uh, took it down because of a trademark violation that I, had the permission to post like i had i had that but yeah. it didn't matter it was already over and done with so 
it can oh, get wow. really tricky um, out there because yeah. again, and there are those that just kind of want. We'll say they own the copyright just because they want you off the listing and they want to to get all the yeah. sales on that particular. They want to list all the yeah. mama shirts. Well, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, what are some of the common pitfalls uh, for new print on demand businesses to kind of look out for? This is a really good one here, just mm-hmm. like trademark bullying. Like I didn't even know that was a thing. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That that's a that's a big one, and just knowing you know, what to do to stay away from trademark infringement in general. Um, I think platforms now are getting a lot more stringent with it. Etsy, uh, Amazon used to be the Wild West. Etsy used to be the Wild West. So you could log on Etsy and you see all these people listing, you know, Yellowstone T-shirts. Disney shirts. Disney shirts Mm -hmm. and Friends shirts. And and you think, well, it must be okay. Well, it's not. It's just a matter of time until – the mouse comes knocking on your door and tells you to take down the thing, huh? And then you're just screwed, and there's nothing else you can do. That's great. And so, um, so yeah, I think that's a big pitfall too. Is is not just because you see it being done, and it's usually yeah. the easiest thing to generate instant sales. Is something that's noticeable, recognizable, popular. If it is those things, especially in the realm of culture and entertainment, there's probably a small T attached to that thing that you're trying to make money off of that is going to get you in trouble. So you really have to do your due diligence and become creative with what you're putting out there and just avoid it altogether because you could end up losing your entire account for one thing that you posted that, that, Mm. that, you know, checked that box that they came after you for. Yeah, there's a lot of gray hat tactics and black hat tactics in this in this industry, um, particularly around trademarks and uh, you know copyright and all of that stuff. Um, there's people that are like like we talked about, kind of trademark bullies, copyright bullies that will go after a trade a trademark or they'll get something approved, a copyright, or some some string of text. Um, they'll get it through and then they will just start filing. Um, cease and desist and, and reporting all of these people to, to these print on demand platforms or to Etsy or whoever, so they can get all the sales. So, I mean, that's a thing out there. Um, you know, and to, to Josiah's point, a lot of people, because it's a low barrier to entry, there's a lot of people who are just trying it. And then, um, they're seeing the friends and the Disney and the, you know, Avengers and all of these different things. And they're like, well, I can do that. And then, they list something and they have immediate success because they're capitalizing on someone else's intellectual property. Someone else built that brand. Mm -hmm. Someone else did all of that. And you're now taking, you know, you're using that, you're piggybacking Mm -hmm. on that to get sales and they see how well they do. And then it's a rinse and repeat thing for them because it's a, it's a shortcut, but it's also very dangerous for your account. Um, and, and if you think you're just going to get shut down and then just open a new one, we'll think again, because they're like uh, Etsy and Amazon, all these guys, they have lots of really, really smart it people and they can like tell that it's the same computer or the same IP address or the same, yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah. Or yeah. the same social security, to, like with Etsy. To, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. To that, to yeah. that point, I mean, episode 68 of the POD cast, my wife actually came on and told mm-hmm. her story, her story of this happening uh, to her, her Etsy account being taken down, rebuilding it, you know, getting something different built. Uh, she got a second account uh, through Etsy. Uh, and so it was very arduous, very hard, wasn't easy. But if you want to hear a story of, of someone who has 
uh, you know, yeah. smells like smoke because they've been in the fire or whatever that is. <laughs> you can listen to that episode, and she and my oh, wife kind of walks you through that journey of what that what that was like for mm. her and for me because I also had to help figure out how to kind of rebuild uh, out of the remains of what was left. So yeah, it's yeah. not fun. Wow. <laughs> I had a friend who who offered to buy my dormant Etsy store off of me because he oh, got yeah. shut down. Hmm. There you go. So. And then, uh, that's how many zeros? How many against, zeros, Jared? It's technically against their terms of service, but you know, I didn't hear anything. Well, they didn't. So, no. right? <laughs> it's just it's I, just the three of us and in, in the room and Ron. And we're good. Okay, if we're, if we're being real, I told my dude for five grand. There you go. He didn't, he didn't want it. He didn't. Well, that was my number. I wasn't using. I still am not. Although I am planning now. Um, actually, thanks to this customizing culture podcast. Mm. I'm actually going to be reopening an Etsy store very soon. I, I had a nice. conversation a few episodes ago um, with uh, Mal's Crafty Corner, and she she does a great job of driving traffic to her site. Cool. Um, and, you know, because she fulfills herself and all that. It's her own brand. And so she had bad experience. So we were kind of both, like, not trashing it. So we were like, no, it, it's, it's dumb. I had a bad experience on Etsy. But then as I talked to more and more people, I'm like, ah, oh, man, I think I'm going to give it another try. So I'm glad <laughs> I didn't sell my Etsy account. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, five grand's nice for now, but, you know, it's the whole, you know, teach a man to fish. You know, you feed him for a lifetime, right? right? Yeah, yeah. 100%. So, I'd, I'd, I'd have been real upset if I had, now, if I had sold it back then. Right. Which, Etsy, just kidding, Etsy, I wasn't really going <laughs> to do that. It's all hypothetical. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly was going to sell. <laughs> if I allegedly had hypothetically sold <laughs> my imagination, uh, yeah. I'd be imaginarily upset today. Yes. That's funny. So don't do that, guys, by the way. Yeah. Heat Prestation does not endorse violating the terms of service right. of Etsy and its subsidiaries. Blah, 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 blah. Poop, poop, poop. Yeah, I think other challenges <laughs> for the print-on-demand you know, business um, is going to be – I think the obvious one is competition. You know, If you think you're going to you know, design um, a shirt for uh, Father's Day that says – you know, father figure or dad bod or something like that, that has been done a million times over. And you think it's going to all of a sudden take off and you're going to make yeah, all of this money. Um, it's yeah. just not going to happen. You, there, there is enough competition yeah. out there that you really have to do your research, figure out kind of, you know, uh, what you're wanting to do and be unique, you know, make something that other people aren't or put your design on something that other people are not. Um, so maybe it's not T-shirts and coffee mugs. You know, maybe there's some other products. So there's uh, the the competition thing is real. I, I don't think it's yeah. completely saturated. I think there's still a lot of room, um, and I think mm. there will be for a long time. But it it is if people think they're going to just kind of do the same thing that everybody else has done, or even the same thing that I did five, six years ago, it's just not going to work right, in the yeah. same way. You're not going to see the same, same success. You're going to get disillusioned and you're going to quit. <laughs> nice. What kind of person do you think? So for entrepreneurs might be listening to this, they're, they're, they're thinking of, they're researching different business ideas. What's their next business? What kind of entrepreneur do you think would benefit most from starting a print on demand based business? Like who hmm. who's that person? Like, is it is it a is it a young gun fresh out of college doesn't want to work for the man, uh, retiree looking to have some extra money, you know? Like like who is that? I know you had you you mentioning earlier trouble finding the avatar. Like yeah, what kind of person? Yeah, I mean, all of those examples you would you've given, I would say yes. Um, I think there's there are the people you know that um, 
are fresh out of college and they don't want a typical traditional nine to five job or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why a lot of people mm-hmm. like, that's why Uber and DoorDash are successful because people don't, people want to set their own schedule. They want to mm-hmm. do something that's different from, you know, what they've been told is traditionally acceptable. So there are those people that could probably be, um, a good fit. There's the people who are currently working that nine to five job who are looking to start something to replace mm-hmm. their traditional income. And then there are the people who are retired and are looking to still bring in supplemental income because yeah. they are the kind of person that just wants to keep working. I think the one thing that all three of those people need to have in common as far as entrepreneur is a sense of resolve and, 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 tenacity drive know your why Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think if if that's the thing that all three need to have in common because to travis's point um earlier if you think you're going to throw up something and be it's going to be gangbusters you're going to have a really harsh introduction (laughs) to reality um you have to to know uh what why you're doing this um and then also understand that you're you're going to go through various stages of this it's there's a lots yeah. of courses out there that will tell you that print on demand cast or not print on demand cast uh there's lots of courses out there that tell you that print on demand is a very get rich quick kind of thing yeah. hey make, make passive income yeah in your exactly sleep. yeah right. fall asleep and make five thousand dollars and well <laughs> what that person's not telling yeah. you is that when to get to that point of falling asleep to make five thousand dollars they went through years and years of falling asleep and making two and so there's not there's yeah, so, there's yeah, so much yeah. of, of that iceberg that is not above the surface in 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 culture and what people are seeing on Instagram and and mm-hmm. TikTok because it's not sexy to scroll on an ad that says hey I grinded for five years I almost <laughs> had to mortgage my I took a second mortgage on my house my marriage is barely hanging you know whatever and and then I finally <laughs> yeah. made millions of dollars but everyone left yeah. me and I'm I'm lonely right. you don't see that kind of thing because <laughs> they don't that's not the thing that gets clicks so right. you have to understand oh, that yeah. it's going to be if you want to make it something that can replace your income that can provide a legitimate income it's going to be a long play it's not going to be a short play kind of scenario so as long as any of those entrepreneurs that we mentioned in that example go into it with that sense of of um like i said resolve and this is what it's going to be and i'm gonna you know nose to the grindstone this thing um then yeah i think they'll be successful but if it's someone that just wants to do something to make a buck Maybe yeah, not. they're probably not going to make it. I'll, I'll piggyback and say just one more thing about this. I think it really de- depends on what what that person's goals are, because um, mm-hmm. you know, paying for my paying my car payment every month is different than replacing my entire household's income every month. Yep. So, you know, and uh, but to Josiah's point, I, I think if you have a dec- if you've made the decision, hey, I'm going to make this work, um, you you need to set aside the time. And you, you need to make sacrifices. This is an actual business. Treat it like a business. Don't, don't yep. treat it like a side hustle, you know, or something that you just kind of do. If you do, do, if you do treat it like that, you'll have those kind of results. You'll have, eh, okay, well, it's kind of a side thing. And, you know, I make maybe a hundred bucks a month or, you know, or something like that. If you want it to be successful, you know, you're going to have to not watch Netflix for a couple mm-hmm. months while you create listings and designs yes. and you get 
down mm-hmm. to it and you you know you you write down your goals and you get an actual business checking account and yeah. you know you don't just put your personal account <laughs> you know i mean you treat it like what it is yeah. um but again that's for a particular kind of person who really wants to go for it versus somebody else's st- it, it it's okay if I only make a couple hundred bucks a month. Well, then you don't have to treat it like that if you don't want to. Right. So it really mm-hmm. kind of depends on the person and what their goals are. Um, and to Josiah's point, know your why. Yep. Why are you doing this? If you have all of that situated, it can look a lot different. And all of those people that you mentioned before can have varying – well have success in different ways, you know, because yeah, success it's is, obvious, is yeah. super subjective. It's relative. Yeah. yeah. It, you're, you're my, you know, Jared, your, your definition of success is probably different, can be different from mine or Travis's and that's fine mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it's for the, the context of your situation, your circumstance, your right. life. So, um, the, the apply, which is another reason why social media can be super disheartening when you see other people saying that <laughs> success is this thing, but maybe it doesn't look like that for you. And the comparison yeah. is the thief of all joy type thing. Like just mm-hmm. decide what works uh, for you. Yeah. And I, I always call social media carefully curated moments of perfection. It's what it is. And so if you're constantly comparing yourself, it's not going to work. Just figure out what works for you. Know your why, what success means in the context of your why, and then go that way. Let that be the navigation for you as you move forward in, in yeah. the journey of, of print on demand. Amen. That's perfect. Preach. And ain't amen. <laughs> Pick up an offering after this. Yeah. <laughs> put, your, put your Venmo on yeah, screen. That's right. um, <laughs> oh man. If you're listening, if you've made it to this point, uh, podcast listeners, you have to go check out their podcast, the print on demand cast. There's so much value. I feel like every point they've touched on, they have like four episodes, which are going to, just completely blow your mind and, and expand your world on this. So you definitely want to check out the Print On Demand cast. So besides your podcast, what are a few steps that people today can take uh, and say, hey, this sounds really interesting. I want to research more. They're, they're starting to listen to the Print On Demand cast. Mm-hmm. What other steps can they take today toward opening or starting their business with Print On Demand? Yeah, we, we did a, um, a series of episodes uh, – kind of a print on demand cast 101 where we did, we said, okay, what's, what do you want to do before you actually start? What do you want to do kind of at the beginning? What do you want to do in the middle? Now, how do you scale? Um, you can, you can go to the print on demand It's right in the middle. It's the print on demand 101 series. Um, you know, that it's five episodes. You can go there, but you said, aside from that, what can they do today? Well, I mean, some of the things we talk about in that is like, Go get a business checking account, you know, get an EIN, you know, make this a thing, um, organizing your designs, uh, naming them in such a way. So you're not like trying to find the design when you get the order and, you know, you're like, where did I put that? Or is that in the, the, the nurse folder or what did I name (laughs) it? it? Funny nurse design too, you know, or whatever, like have, (laughs) have some type of a naming system. We talk about that on, um, episode 10, like organizing your SKUs and organizing your designs. Um, and so you can, because the, the thing is, is that we have two things that are coming together. We have a, a substrate or a product, and then we have a design and they're coming together. They're coming together to make this product. And so you always have to have something, at least I think you need to have something in your SKU that calls out what those things are. What is the design? Mm-hmm. What is the 
is this a t-shirt? Is this a mug? If it is a t-shirt, is it a large? Is it a red shirt? You know, all of those things. So thinking in those ways, I think, um, and planning, walking into that, um, you know, that next step, kind of getting everything ready. Um, you know, you can go, you can really, really, really accelerate your, uh, your process when you're thinking in those terms, like a business. And then from there, just do something. I don't care what it is, you know, get started, make a (laughs) mock-up list, a product, open an Etsy account, you know, uh, whatever it is, do it and then do it again and keep doing it (laughs) and be resilient. I don't know. What do you think, Josiah? Anything else? No, I think that pretty much nails it right there. And I think what we always say on, on the show is uh, the worst the, the worst thing to do is nothing. So mm-hmm. take action, yes. right? Man, that's just, so just good. That's keep so good. moving forward. Find out what that yeah. next thing is uh, that you can do every day to, to push you closer to the goal of opening your print-on-demand business or, or whatever that looks like. But – you know, don't be like the majority and just listen and then to this and then sit on your couch and say, wow, that would be cool because then you're not doing anything with <laughs> yeah. it. So, so do something, just be, take action, anything, any small step is going to be, uh, is going to contribute to your success. Yeah. I love it. You guys, I sincerely want to thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. Uh, it's been great. Uh, so much, so much good info, and I know it's good info. Well, I'm not trying to put myself, <laughs> elevate myself to anywhere I shouldn't be, but like I, th- I feel like I represent a lot of our listeners in the sense that like if I'm getting info, if things are getting unlocked in this little noggin up yeah, here, yeah. or big noggin actually, I have a fat head. <laughs> um, but if things are getting unlocked, that's why I wear a hat all the time to mask yeah. it. So self-conscious. <laughs> no, if things are getting unlocked up here, I know that there's other people watching and listening right now mm. who are just just taking it on. Yeah. So I love it. We got to get you guys back because I have a bunch more questions that my ADD just did not allow <laughs> us to get to today. So before we go, uh, where can people find you? I think, I think we've mentioned it already, sure. but just just for good measure, where can everybody find you guys? Yeah, um, printonamancast.com is where you can find you know more information about the the show itself. You can go to printonamancast.com slash Instagram or slash YouTube or slash Facebook to find us on all of those social media platforms as well. Um, and yeah, we have a Facebook group. So if you have questions, if you want to be a part of that, uh, the community there, uh, we would love to have you and lots of good conversation happening there. People asking questions and getting answers from people who aren't Travis and myself, because (laughs) I guarantee you guys get sick of hearing Travis and I, uh, on a weekly basis. And so, uh, if you want to hear from other people in the industry who have other insights and other kind of tips and tricks and advice, that's a great place to go. Again, printonamancast.com slash Facebook. And then as far as podcast goes, I always like to say wherever there are podcasts, the POD cast is there for your listening pleasure. So, you know, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever that looks like, we're on all the major platforms there as well. So uh, give us a listen and give us a shout out and let us know if you're new that you came from the Heat Press Nation podcast. So we know to give Jared hypothetical high fives. Because we're not in the same place. Hypothetical so. or virtual? Sure. <laughs> oh, both. It's a hypothetical virtual. Yeah. It's not virtual. So it's, it's not happening. It's not happening twice. Right. It's not virtual because we're not getting on a call like, hey, Jerry, can we get a Zoom call in? Cool. High five. Thanks, man. Oh, okay. Hang up. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's hypothetically, we would do that. that we would do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You were right. So, I was wrong. Anyway. Okay, good. 
Okay, well, uh, let's back out of that rabbit hole and say, yeah, that's where you can find us, Jared. But yeah, thanks for having us on the show, man. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, this is a great time. Dude, once again, Travis, Josiah, print on demand cast. I can't say enough good things about you guys. Uh, for everybody, this has been the Customizing Culture Podcast. My name is Jared with Heat Press Nation, and I hope you guys have a great whatever the rest of your <laughs> day looks like. <laughs> we'll see you see all. Ya. Thanks.